either one of these any good? Wow, this is a good movie. It's pretty good. Yeah, well, the director from yesterday doesn't think so. It stinks. You sorry? You waste all our film. <laughs> it's so bad. Well, not that busy of a week for movies, but definitely a couple high-profile films to talk about. And we'll do that. Welcome in. This is the Screening Room Podcast, and she is Hope Madden. He's George Wolf, And we are from MadWolf.com. Let's start out with a reclusive romance novelist on a book tour with her cover model getting swept up in a kidnapping attempt that lands them both in a cutthroat jungle adventure. This is The Lost City. Miss Sage, I enjoyed your book about the lost city, and I believe you're the one who can help me find its treasure. I have to respectfully decline. I'm afraid I must insist. Loretta Sage is missing. I'm gonna rescue her. Alan, what are you doing here? We're here to save you. After them! This is like your book. We're on a Love More and Dash adventure right now. This is not a romance novel. Jungles eat people like us. Ah, what is that? We're so close. I could actually find the lost city. If I don't get to this island, my friend and her cover model are going to die. The Red Sage, getting you out of here. Why are you so handsome? My dad was a weatherman. Hey, whoa, she doesn't need saving in there. Uh, What are you doing in there? Right off the bat, it sounds reminiscent of... Romancing the Stone. Yep, and maybe Jewel of the Nile maybe. after that. Right. But, uh, yeah, it's a screwball type of comedy with a lot of star power. And the stars here are Sandra Bullock and Channing Tatum. Uh, they're at the top, and then you've got Brad Pitt in there for good measure. And he's he's much welcome as this movie plays out. But uh, Sandra Bullock is, is this romance novelist who's she's grief-stricken, and she's just not really interested in a whole lot, including her big book tour especially because a lot of the fans' interest seems to be pointed in the direction of her cover model, played by Channing Tatum. And he's sort of a take on the Fabio. Uh, he wears a, a long blonde wig and, and gets into the whole, you know, the whole persona of being the cover model. In fact, he takes it a little too seriously. <laughs> well, he does. He's very invested in the character. And, of course, you know, you think he's just the cover model. What would it matter? Well, he's how everybody sees Dash. That's who they see in their heads as right. they read these books. And and he uh, is afraid that she's going to stop writing these. And that's going to kind of be the end of this career that he sort of cherishes. Like he really likes oh, yeah. the fans and he really has a lot of respect for what this author does, although she has no respect for him at all. <laughs> no. Uh, and she's her, her latest book is called The Lost City of D which is kind of funny. It is. but uh, And it draws the attention of this uber-rich sort of mastermind villainous guy played by Daniel Radcliffe. Adorable. Sort of. I mean, he's he, somebody pointed out this morning on our TV gig that he has sort of played a version of this character before in Now You See Me Too. It's still playing against type for him, and I think he has a lot of fun doing it. He seems to be have a lot, being a lot of fun digging into that type of character. Yeah, well, and this film is much more of a zany comedy yeah. than that. So this is, I mean, it's a, it's a comedic turn, and I thought he was, I thought he was really fun. He was fun, yeah, and his character kidnaps Sandra Bullock because he thinks she can lead him. In, inside her book, there's these little clues that, that make him think that she has the answers to lead him through the jungle to this lost treasure. And that's where, a.k.a. the Lost City, and that's where this gets uh, pulled into the jungle and this whole sort of mystery adventure. And The point is Brad Pitt. Well, first, the point is that the Dash, Channing Tatum, is wants to be her rescuer he and does. come after her. But 
He does. He he calls on he calls on this guy who's a a real adventurer, a real guy who's invested in, in rescues and and experienced with them. And uh, that is Brad Pitt. And yeah, he is funny. He's so funny. And you would call it an extended cameo, yeah, I guess. Yeah. Uh, because he he is sort of the uh, uber macho, easily cool guy that. Channing Tatum wants to be, which is funny because a lot of times Channing Tatum is looked as as one of those guys, you know. Well, he's of, he's essentially he is Dash, yeah, right. That's who that's who Brad Pitt really plays. Yeah, is the the real life adventurer with the long blonde hair who sort of effortlessly <laughs> knows how to get into and out of situations. And so they have they have a lot of fun with that. I mean, Brad Pitt is very wink and a nod about the whole thing, making fun a little bit of his own image. Uh, and just the fact of these this whole types of characters. I mean, he goes overboard to fling his hair back when they're <laughs> running, which is which is very funny. So yeah, he brings a, a a welcome bit of levity to it, and that really works. I think his chemistry with Sandra Bullock is really even better than Sandra Bullock's and and Channing Tatum together. Yeah, I think so too. You know, as it goes on, it's perfectly fine. It's perfectly harmless. I just don't think this the script is good enough to really make it memorable. No, I totally agree with you. It's just a very, it, the writing is just very mediocre. Yeah. And, you know, all of the, Sandra Bullock and Channing Tatum are both very capable comic actors. Mm-hmm. Both of them are. I think her character, she's a little bit hamstrung because there's very little opportunity for physical comedy, which I think is more her area. Mm-hmm. Um, aside from just being kind of stuck in this sequin getup the whole time. I mean, there's yeah. just not a lot of opportunity for her to do a lot of physical comedy. And also because her character is sort of wallowing in grief, she is, doesn't get enough chance to be funny. Jenny Tatum is funny. Mm-hmm. But, oh, yeah. He can be very yeah, funny. Yeah, he can be very funny. I just I, I just don't think the script is very funny. Yeah, I don't either. And it's uh, co-written and co-directed by Aaron Nee and Adam Nee. I think the humor didn't land. It seemed sort of forced and, and, and sort of lame. I wasn't laughing much at all. No. It's pleasant enough. Yeah. Uh, as it one looks of, nice. It looks nice as one of these adventures goes. There's just not a lot here that seems new and fresh enough, I think, to, to warrant the big star power. That's really the best thing that it has going for it. Yeah. I mean, you put anybody else in these roles, and it's going to just be a, a ho, ho-hum, yeah. ho-hum adventure. And there's this side plot concerning um, Sandra Bullock's, I guess, book agent. Yeah. Uh, uh, publisher, I think. Publisher would, would be uh, Divine Joy Randolph, who was so great in Dolomite. So great. Is my name. And that sort of doesn't really go anywhere. She's sort of, uh, her character is sort of following, trying to help with the rescue. And they go off on a couple what's meant to be slapsticky tangents. Although she does wind up with this this guy who kind of likes her, who's a pilot. And yeah, that's kind of whole... funny. But, but it's, I think it's it's got the same problems as the the larger story, which is that there are comedic setups, but the the actual gags aren't very funny. The yeah. writing is simply not very funny. Yeah, exactly. And you do want to stick around if if you go. Do want to stick around? There is a little added bonus through midway through the credits. Yeah, I had a feeling that there was. You did. Yeah. Just you some, did. Sometimes you just get that little little feeling, and it's nothing monumental, but it's it's if you're going to go to this movie, it's worth sticking around for. Uh, it's just pleasant enough. It's a pleasant enough time waster. I know if you're anywhere around as we are, the, the weather here in Columbus, Ohio this weekend is going to be terrible. <laughs> so if you feel like just getting out of the house and going to see a big, splashy, lots of locales and uh, beautiful waterfalls and these sets and a crazy screwball adventure with big stars, here it is. 
but it's certainly not anything you're going to remember uh, pretty much an hour or so after leaving the theater. But that is The Lost City in theaters now. Next is a true life adventure. When a climber gets caught in a blizzard, she encounters a stranded stranger and must get them both down the mountain before nightfall. It's called Infinite Storm. another one that looks amazing. It looks absolutely the opposite from the last movie, but it, the the adventure photography of this is yeah. really daunting. Yeah, and as we've mentioned before, this sort of stuff is right up my alley. Yes, I is. love this true life adventure stuff. And it's based on the life of Pam Bales, uh, a real-life search and rescue climber. And this happened in New Hampshire in 2010. And she was making a climb sort of just for leisure. That's what she likes to do. And then she had to help get a, a stranded climber that she encountered. She encountered during the, her climb, she found came upon this climber who was unresponsive and very unprepared for the storm that was coming and had to try to get him and both of them down the mountain to safety uh, in 2010. And this is based on a newspaper article uh, from New Hampshire that came out about what happened during and after uh, this adventure. And Naomi Watts plays the main character, Pam Bales. So there's a big check mark in the wind column right exactly, there. Exactly, yeah. Because just a couple of weeks ago, it seems, we talked about her carrying a movie. It was almost a one-woman show right. with that uh, movie, the, the Desperate Hour. Now here, it's not quite a one-woman show, but it's all, they add a few more characters, but not a lot. Mm-hmm. I mean, she not only carries the film, this time she's actually carrying a human right. on, her, <laughs> on her back. But uh, this because this is not a documentary... They're going to add some narrative layers to this, and I think it's a smart move because early on, the uh, writer Joshua Rollins, this is his first script, I believe, adds some things, some backstory about Pam that helps to get you more emotionally invested right away. And again, when you're not dealing with a documentary, that's a smart thing to do. Yeah. So everything is not going to be exactly as it was uh, in the true adventure, but that's okay. So as she heads up the mountain and the storm gets worse, starts coming in, and then she uh, encounters this man who is unresponsive, so she calls him John. And at least having someone to talk to, that helps to get her. So when her character is maybe saying, getting, getting her inner thoughts out and just saying what she's thinking, she's still talking to someone, so it seems more organic. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, you were talking about the, the mountain uh, vistas and the set pieces. It was filmed in Slovenia. It was not filmed in New Hampshire where it happened for budgetary reasons. seems funny that you could do it cheaper going to Slovenia. Right. But I guess that's what happened. But uh, it's still, they do... Look great, and the director. I know I'm gonna. Am I gonna say it correctly? Margrozada Zumauska, who did uh, the other the lamb. Other lamb, so good. A couple of years ago, very, very good. Uh, she does a really good job of layering in this this backstory about some trauma that Pam Bales, Naomi Watts' character, has experienced, and then just sort of weaving that into the the set pieces on the mountain. So the flashbacks they work well, and they are. 
they really are harrowing, and it gives you a good sense of what this woman and the two of them together had to endure to try to get off the mountain. So, yeah, if you like these sorts of adventures, as I do, I think this will be a very satisfying one. And Naomi Watts always, she she handles the physicality. There's some There's some real physicality going on with this role because as you're climbing up the mountain, that's physical, and then she encounters some some hardships along the way. And uh, so she handles that well, but she's just so good. She is. She's at, so great in everything. Yeah, at, at presenting this, this humanity and the, the concern not only that the, her character has for this man, but the, the sort of the, the thing she's working through in her own life, even if that might not have been true in, in reality for this movie, it takes a very personal experience and then allows it to speak on a more universal level, which is always the challenge for movies like this. And it ends up having a rumination on struggle and healing and moving on that really works. And I think it's one that toward the end maybe has some moments that it feels like it's going by the numbers, but still, I think it's definitely worthwhile and good to see on the big screen because of the mountain setting and uh, gives you a little more sense of what they had to go through. But it's well done as far as these true life adventures go. And uh, you can catch it in theaters now, and it's called Infinite Storm. Got a foreign film next. As a train weaves its way up to the Arctic Circle, two strangers share a journey that will change their perspective on life. It's called Compartment Number Six. This one was the Grand Prix winner last year at Cannes, and it was Finland's entry into the Academy Awards this year. And it's it's a based on a book, an adapted based on a novel, adapted, uh, co-written and directed by Juho Kwansmanen. I'm just gonna butcher that name. I know, <laughs> a, fin- a Finnish uh, filmmaker, and it focuses on a Finnish traveler uh, named Laura, and she is taking this trip to really a remote part of northern Russia, just bleak and cold, and oh, we thought the weather was bad here. (laughs) (laughs) And she is traveling by train, and she thought she was going to be traveling with her girlfriend, but that didn't work out, so she's sort of sad about that, that she's going alone. But she's going because she's an archaeology student, and she wants to see these thousands of year old cave paintings that are there. And so when she gets on the train, she finds that she's sharing a compartment with this Russian who at first glance, is crude and drunk. And so the first meeting does not go well, and she tries to get moved to another compartment, but that's not going to happen. So so she has to make the best of it. And as it goes along, as the weather outside gets worse, their environment inside begins to thaw out a little bit. And this is one that you just have to, to stay with because the pace is very unhurried, and it's very confident that, that they they know where they're going, and you just have to, for the you know lack of a better uh, uh, metaphor, pun intended, and just enjoy the ride mm-hmm. because give it time, and it's going to get there as their their relationship starts to get to the point where they've misjudged each other maybe a little bit of who they think the other one is, uh, and they start to understand each other and in, in in different ways. And as it heads deeper into the Arctic, he's going there to hopefully find a good job. You think there's some some work there. And, of course, she's going there just as a sightseer. And so they split up for a while, and then maybe their paths cross again. It's sweet, and it works on you in the end. So don't don't expect one of those movies where a lot of stuff happens 
And it's not a grand romance either. It's just a, a meditation on people finding a connection with another human being where they really didn't think there was any. And it does a, a good job contrasting the the cold and bleakness outside with their with their relationship inside the compartment number six and outside of a little bit too. But boy, it just makes you cold. You. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, man, the Arctic, not someplace I want to go. But it really is. It's, it's a sweet film. And if you, uh, if you can find it, it's in theaters. It's in limited release now. Uh, but if you can find it, yeah, it's a well worth an introspective journey with two interesting characters. And I will say two really good lead performances. Uh, Saidi Harla as Laura and then uh, the Russian played by Yuri Borisov. Uh, both very good lead performances, too, and that's called Compartment Number 6, limited release in theaters now. Well, we know it's past St. Patrick's Day, but how about an Irish horror movie? Yes. In a North Dublin housing estate, Char's mother goes missing, and when she returns, Char is determined to uncover the truth of her disappearance and unearth the dark secrets of her family in You Are Not My Mother. What's wrong with you? There's things I need to tell you, Sharp. It's not your mother up there. If we don't do something, we'll never get her back. And then they'll try to take you. Dance with me, Shar. Ma'am, stop. That sounds like that old kid's book. Are you my mother? (laughs) This is is not for the kids. No, it is not. No, it isn't. No, this is a horror film. It's not a real bloody, you know, slasher type horror film. It's more of a slow burn, but it's very, very creepy. Um, And as is often the case with Irish horror, it's rooted in folk tales. You've got kind of a supernatural fairy folk kind of a uh, an environment that runs right along the surface of this small town where Char grows up as a little bit of an outsider. She's dealing with bullies at school. Her mom has severe depression. Her grandmother has gout and so isn't up and around very much. And her mother goes missing after she takes her to school one day and she comes back as essentially a different person. Carolyn Bracken plays the mother, an amazing performance and the the film toes the line between sort of an allegory about um, depression maybe bipolar disorder and then just an outright creepy almost monster movie and there are a couple of incredibly spooky spooky segments in this movie and both performances especially Karen Bracken and also Hazel Dupe who plays Char they just are really 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 good and and I think that it helps to keep you invested in the entire film. And I the, really enjoyed it. The writer director is Kate Dolan. Uh, so yeah, nice slice of Irish horror if you like that as we do. Fired up and that is called You Are Not My Mother. You can find it in theaters right now. Next is a good old pandemic comedy. As if their prearranged date organized by their traditional Indian parents wasn't uncomfortable enough. Ravi and Rita are forced to shelter in place together as COVID-19's reach intensifies. It's called Seven Days. Why do you want to get married? It would be nice to have someone to cuddle with. You don't need to be married to cuddle someone. I literally do. I've been trying to do this for a year now. 
And it doesn't seem to work out. That's not what love is like. Love, it's not something you grow like a plant. You can't just go from being complete strangers to living together. That was a lot of work. Moment of truth. Oh my God, that is so good. Mm. Right? Mm -hmm. I'm a chef. Mm, so filling, I almost feel like I'm already full. <laughs> <laughs> I can't hear seven days without thinking of the ring. And I, this movie, uh, it, things turn out better for these two than it does for anybody in the ring. Yeah, they do. This was reviewed at MadWolf.com by Matt Weiner, And he really, really liked this. And one of the things he pointed out was, yes, this is about the pandemic. but And we've already seen a few of these movies, but that's perfectly natural because this has been a monumental event worldwide. There's going to be art about it. Right. There's going to be movies about it for years to come. And we've already seen this exact premise played out for comedic reasons and for dramatic purposes here already with a few films. But that's that's totally fine. It's to be expected. And this one is even more amazing when you stop and think or when you find out, as Matt pointed out in his review, that the director and co-writer Roshan Sethi, he wrote this while he was going to medical school. Harvard Medical School. Holy you, moly. You might. I mean, does he sleep? I know. Oh, Harvard doesn't keep him busy enough. No. I'll just write a movie. <laughs> but then his co-writer was Karen Sony, who uh, you've seen in a bunch of movies, and he plays Ravi. He is the the uh, man of this couple uh, put together on a prearranged date. And Rita is played by the always charming Geraldine Viswanathan, who you've seen in Cockblockers, oh, yeah. and then you saw in that Bad Education, yeah. a lot, lot of things. And yeah. she's, she's always charming as well. So they make a, a funny couple that, yes, is put together by their traditional parents, but then they're in shelter in place and they have to learn to live with each other. So can you probably guess where it's going? I bet. But as we always say with this movie, the point with these types of movies, the point is, how does it get there? Right, exactly. And this one does it in such a charming and refreshing way that I I think it's impossible not to enjoy. Yeah. And um, as Matt pointed out, it makes a lot of good points about other things you might not expect in just one of these romantic comedies. So definitely worth checking out and definitely read uh, Matt's full review at madwolf.com. Really enjoyed seven days out in theaters now. And then we've got a thriller on VOD. What if one of the best days of your life suddenly turned into your very worst nightmare? And what if you were forced to relive the same day again and again? This movie is called 645. Every morning we wake up at 6.45 in the a.m. and something happens to you. Something happened on the island a few years ago. A couple visiting Bog Grove were killed over by the cathedral. The girl's throat was slashed. The fellow's neck snapped like a twig. Do they know who did it? They never caught the guy. I'm trying to save you. I am fine. Everything is fine. I don't know what you think happened to me. What are you trying to say? Who are you from? You never hurt you. You know that way. Don't worry. You kids are going to have a great day. 6.45 is the time of day that Bobby's alarm clock goes off every day. And uh, he wakes up. Does I got you, babe, play? I know. That's It's the first <laughs> thing that makes you think, man, time loop movies have have. They've worn themselves out. It's yeah. just time for them to to stop making these. <laughs> you know, and, and then you hold out hope. Maybe they'll do something fresh right. and yeah. interesting. And they just never do. This is a horror story. It's one that just gets... The only thing that's... And uh, Rachel Willis reviewed this movie for us on MadWolf.com. And 
eventually the movie uncovers some of what the couple went through before they came on this vacation that turned horrific. That's the only time that the movie does anything that's particularly interesting. And unfortunately, it's just too little too late. You're right about the time loops. When I, when I see or hear it's a time loop movie, right away I think, uh, but you, you always want to hold out hope because with any type of premise that's done, and we just talked about it with, uh, with pandemic type premises, uh, it's, it's what you do with it. Right. And so even if you're not expecting great things here, uh, there's always a possibility to be surprised. Rachel was not. No. And uh, you can find out all of her thoughts with her full review at madwolf.com. And that's on VOD right now called 645. Well, before we head to the lobby, of course, we've got the Oscars coming up this weekend. And we're, we're making our picks pretty sure about some of them, not so sure about the others. We, we really think the all four acting categories are pretty well locked up. Yes. We think that it's going to be Will Smith for King Richard and uh, Jessica Chastain for Eyes of Tammy Faye. We think it's going to be Troy Cotter for Coda and Ariana DeBose for West Side Story. Yeah, we'd be really surprised if any four of those doesn't win, but we thought that Chadwick Boseman was going to win. We were very sure of that, so you never know. Uh, we're a little less sure about picture because it's come down now to, I think, Coda or Power of the Dog. And Coda has come on strong here in the last few weeks with all these award shows. It has all the momentum right now. I'm still kind of thinking the Power of the Dog has a shot, at least an even shot, but you're thinking Coda, and I'm, I'm pretty much inclined to go with you at this point. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm Coda all the way. And I'm pretty sure as well, I think we both are, that Jane Campion is probably going to win Best Director. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those are the those are the big ones, and uh, we've got the full, if you want to check out our full scorecard, uh, we've got that up at madwolf.com as well. But always looking forward to it. Um, they're going back to host this year. Yeah. Uh, they've gone a couple years without a host. Now they've got uh, Amy Schumer and Wanda Sykes and Regina Hall. All very impressive performance performers. So, uh, you know, hopefully that'll that'll work out. Could be funny. Yeah. I mean, they're all very funny. Yeah, it could be funny. So we shall see how our picks do, how your picks do. It's going to be Sunday night on ABC. And I don't know where you go. We That's one of the, the times where we just like to stay home. We do. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, for years we co-hosted events out there, and it seems like that's our thing. And it is. But, boy, when you just live it and breathe it all year long, we just like to get on the couch and just watch it. Yep. Plus, it's a Sunday night. we got to go to work the next day. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's lobby time. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Stopping back in the lobby for our weekly check with Daniel Baldwin, a.k.a. The Schlocketeer. All the latest uh, comings and goings on the movie calendar. What are you looking at? First up, it's a little bit of a PSA. Um, (laughs) Halloween Kills is currently available to stream on HBO Max now. I'm not sure if it's still on Peacock or not, but there's a special bonus. They also have the extended cut of the film listed under its extras. Uh, HBO Max does that with certain films from time to time that have alternate cuts. And if you have the app, all you have to do is scroll down through the film's info after you select it, and you can find it there. So some surprises to be found on streaming still. That's good to know. And then STX has set an April 1st release date again for their Chris Pine and Ben Foster action thriller, The Contractor. Uh, but it's a limited release this time. It looks like it's going to also be hitting VOD on that day. And then April 1st, we'll also see the uh, VOD release of Roland Emmerich's Moonfall. You know, just so you can uh, yeah. <laughs> get your disaster uh, get your disaster on in uh, 
before April Fool's Day. Yeah, that was. The moon won't actually fall that day. Boy, that was an epic bomb, wasn't it? It was gone pretty quick. Quick. And then Jackass Forever is already available to stream on Paramount+, Plus, but it'll be hitting VOD on March 29th, followed by a disc release in late April. Those latter two are of particular note for any Jackass fans because they will both contain an additional 40 minutes of bonus footage, including 15 previously unseen stunts. So if you're a Jackass fan, you might want to keep an eye out for that. 40 straight minutes of someone getting kicked in the nuts. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> I'm not saying that some of it's not funny. It is, but it, there's a lot. <laughs> uh, Sony has uh, set an April 26th uh, DOD release date for Uncharted, followed by a disc release in May. And then they've also moved up the release of their drama Where the Crawdads Sing by one week to July 15th. I think a trailer dropped for that earlier in the week. Yep. And then, in turn, Sonya has pushed back the release of Brad Pitt's Bullet Train by two weeks to July 29th, taking the date that was vacated by Dwayne Johnson's Black Adam. And that is all I have for you this week. It's a light week. Light week, yeah, but we always appreciate it, and you can always get caught up with the latest, latest news with The Schlocketeer, you can find him on social medias at The Schlocketeer. Daniel Baldwin, thanks again. Hey, thanks for having me. All right, looking ahead to next week, got a big one that we've been waiting on, fans have been waiting on for a while, as Morbius finally hits theaters. And a weird one, Barbarians. Uh, one with a title I love, Let the Wrong One In. Also, Devil You Know. Nitrum. You Won't Be Alone. Madelines. Brighton Fourth. Guantanamo Diaries Revisited. And The Contractor. The Contractor. Been waiting on that one for a little while, too. So we'll see about those next week. But this week, what do you think? Lost City, Infinite Storm, anything we talked about, uh, you can always hit us up on Twitter. That's the easiest way. We're at Mad Wolf, M-A-D-D-W-O-L-F, also on Instagram and Facebook. It is Mad Wolf Columbus and all of our written reviews and our other horror movie-only podcast with a brand-new episode this week, by the way. Uh, called Fright Club. You can find that all at madwolf.com. So let's talk movies. Keep in touch if you can. Good luck on your Oscar picks if you made out a scorecard. And uh, until next time, she is Hope Madden. He's George Wolf. And this is the Screening Room Podcast. See ya. I do wish we could chat longer, but I'm having an old friend for dinner. Bye. Okay, everybody, that's a wrap. <laughs>